Chester, did you realize that this is the last day of the month already? It is. It's September 30th, 2020. I know. Where'd it go? It goes so fast, so fast. Hi, everybody. Bob Bro here, and I'm welcoming you to the best old-time radio podcast for Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. On Wednesdays, we play a mystery, and oftentimes that means a detective story or a detective show, sometimes a police procedural. Every once in a while, it could mean an insurance investigator, but it's a mystery. You have to try to solve the mystery, or at least you follow along while others are solving it. And that's exactly what we have lined up today. So we are happy to have you along. We're glad that uh, you joined us on this beautiful Wednesday here in the Midwest. Now, again, it's very early in the morning where I am. It's actually before 5 o'clock. <laughs> it's like 4.55. But uh, I can tell it's going to be a beautiful day outside. And uh, I hope it's pretty where you are. So what you need to do now, since your day should have ended by now, your work day is you need to get over in that big soft chair. Get your feet up, get something cold to drink, maybe a little snack, and just sit back and let the worries of the day waft away as you get ready to listen to our old-time radio mystery, which is coming up in just a minute. favorite police shows from the 1950s. We are playing a two-parter, and we're going to play them back-to-back. So what we're going to be listening to was originally broadcast on two separate weeks in 1952, January the 3rd and January the 10th, to be precise, on NBC. The name of the episodes were The Big Red, and uh, it's very interesting. It shows you, or it, it, it reminds us of how they dealt with the problem of narcotics back in 1952. Remember, that's what they all, it wasn't drugs. It wasn't, uh, they didn't mention specific drugs. It was a narcotics problem. In this one, uh, Barney Phillips fills in as Joe Friday's partner. So here is Jack Webb and Barney Phillips in Dragnet, The Big Red, from January 1952, and we're going to play them back-to-back without any interruption between episodes. The story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned a narcotics detail. You receive a call from a former suspect you arrested. He wants to meet with you. He claims he has information and contacts with a big narcotics ring. Your job? Check it out. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, You will travel step-by-step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. 
was Tuesday, August 9th. It was warm in Los Angeles. Cotics Division. My partner's Ed Jacobs. The boss is Captain Kearney. My name's Friday. It was 7.28 p.m. when I got to Lincoln Park, the west entrance. Yes, sir. Got a couple of bags of peanuts, please? Yeah, sure thing. Ten a bag, that'll be 20 cents. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Friday. Jack? Would have come over sooner. I saw you walking around the park. Wanted to make sure you weren't tailed. Yeah, I made sure of that before I came in. Let's go over and sit down. Okay. Say, there's a lot of stuff just came in town. Some new pushers came with it. you know that? Yeah, I heard some talk. Like to knock them over? I got the contact. What's in it for you, Jack? A couple of reasons. Yeah? One thing, I'd like to pay you back. I got out of jail last week. I talked to the wife. She told me what you've been doing for her and the kids while I've been up. A nice family, Jack. You let them down. And you didn't. I'm not going to forget it. Wife still has that job you got her. The kid's asthma's a lot better, too. Appreciate you finding that place in Tahunga for him. It sure helped. I was glad to do it. Want some peanuts? Yeah, thanks. Now, what about this narco ring you mentioned? Remember Snuffy Brain? Yeah. You busted him the same time you did me. You got a year. Yeah. Just before I got out of county last week, he told me to go see a guy get me a job. What kind of a job? Same kind you busted me on before. Pushing the stuff. What's the guy's name? Cadillac Red. Hmm? Yeah. New York, I think. Likes to drive big cars. I guess that's how he got the name. Hmm. What's the story on him? Red's been in town a month. Four or five guys with him, all from the east. Red says they got a big one to unload, six kilos. Heroin? Mm-hmm. Mexican stuff. They seem to be having trouble. How do you mean? Finding pushers, setting up a deal. The only contact they had out here was Snuffy. He's in a can and shopping around. How about tomorrow, peanuts, Jack? Yeah. You talked to this red, did you? Mm-hmm. What's he asking from you? Like I said, he wants me to start pushing stuff for him. He need contacts bad. I let him hang. I didn't say one way or the other. He's going to phone me tonight. And so? What do you figure you'll tell him? Depends on you, Friday. I know one thing. I'm not going to start pushing the junk again. You get around it, you handle it, you start to chippy with it. Before you know it, you're hooked yourself. You figure what you want to do, I'll help all I can. I owe you that much. You pretty sure the gang needs contacts? Hungry for them. Sitting on 20 ounces of junk. Can't find anyone to trust to push it to. They got problems. Yeah. Think you could give me an office to them? Pass me off as a buyer, friend of yours, maybe? The chance. How do you want to do it? Well, let them know you have a friend who's ready for a buy. Tell them I'm from up north. Make it Fresno. Red Mountain neighborhood, is that right? Okay, sounds good. Well, this man, Cadillac Red, he's going to phone you tonight, is that right? Mm-hmm. I'll call you as soon as I hear from him. All right, fine. Don't call me at the office. Right here. Here's my home phone. Don't worry about it. It's a silent number. I can't trace it. Mm -hmm. When you call there, if I'm not in, leave the message with my mother, okay? Your mother, okay. Pleasant 49321. Okay, I'll ring you. How much do you know about this red? You impress you as a big operator? Middle size, I guess. He's out in New York. That's about all I know for sure. Same for the rest of the gang. Supposed to be handling quality stuff real good. How good? Red claims it tests out 40%. I don't know what his asking price is. Where's this red staying? Did you find that out? No, he wouldn't tell me. He was at a hotel on West 7th, but he moved yesterday. Nervous guy. Doesn't settle long in one place. Guess he's got a right to be shaky. All of them have. How do you mean? You got all that dough in the white stuff. Close to 50 G's worth. Kill him if you knock him over. Grab the junk. We'll kill a lot more if we don't. Before I left our informant, Jack Wallace, we set up a plan for future contacts. In case of any emergency, I would not attempt to get in touch with him at his rooming house at 3rd and Olive Streets. Instead, I'd contact him at his work, the Joe Adonis Meat Market on West Temple, where he was employed as a butcher. Wallace also promised to try to get me a sample of the heroin from the narcotics ring. 10.50 p.m., I checked back in at the office and briefed Captain Kearney. Sounds a little fantastic, Joe. Six kilos. If it's true, it's a break a cop gets once in a lifetime. Well, that's the way Wallace tells it. I can't figure any reason why he'd lie to me. How about this front man, Red? You checked him out yet? Well, Ed's checking him through the moniker file now. He's a New York operator. That's all Wallace could tell me. You got any idea where the plant is? No, I don't. Wallace didn't even know where Red was living. Red's supposed to have a meet with him tonight. I gave him my home phone, told him not to contact the office. You got any court cases pending? 
No, but I got two I was going to file on tomorrow. You better give me the packages. I'll have Lou Walters assign them to somebody else. You and Jacob stay with us, gang. Put them to bed and get them up. All right. Wallace is going to try to get you a sample of the junk, huh? Yeah, he said he'd try. Captain? Joe? Oh, hi. Hi, Ed. You dig up anything? I don't know. Found one Cadillac Red. Could be our boy. You get a mug on him? No, all we have is correspondence from New York. There was a want on him back in 1945. Same thing, narcotics. Later that year, the want was canceled. He was picked up. No disposition. You want us to radiogram New York for a rundown on him? No, let's not stir it up. Starting tomorrow, you two stay away from here. Get yourselves fixed up in a hotel room downtown. Let me know where you're staying. Okay. Call me at 2 o'clock sharp in the afternoon. I'll make it a point to be here. Better call me on the inside line. Right, Skipper. Where do you think we ought to set up, Joe? Oh, I don't know. How about Pop Sherman's place down there on Hill Street? He'll cooperate. You know what that stuff did to his boy. Yeah, okay. You want to check in tonight? No, my wife's going to scream her head off as it is. You better make it in the morning, huh? All right, we'll move. Mm. Narcotics, Kearney. Oh, yes, man, just a minute. For you, Joe. Okay, thank you. Friday talking. Oh, yeah, Ma. Mm-hmm. Did he say what time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No, don't worry. I'll get a bite downtown, then I'll be home. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Bye. My mother, Wallace, just called my home, left a message for me. Yeah? He had the meat with Red. He's got the sample. At 7.30 the next morning, Ed Jacobs and I checked in at Pop Sherman's Hotel on South Hill Street and took adjoining rooms. We'd left all possible identification in our lockers at the office. At 9.30 a.m., Technicians from our crime lab arrived and installed a bug in my room and set up the receiver next door in Ed's room. In the event any of the gang happened to come to my room, they'd be able to record the conversation. I registered as Paul Lindsay, San Diego, California. Ed registered as Ray Morrissey, Sacramento. At 11 a.m., I went alone to Adonis Meat Market, where our informant, Jack Wallace, handed me a dummy package, which I took back to the hotel. Inside the package, I found a sample of the narcotics along with a note from Wallace. He wrote that he'd arranged a meet with Red for that night. I was to pick up Wallace in front of the subway terminal building, the Hill Street side, at 9.30 p.m. I gave the sample of heroin to Ed, who took it to the crime lab, where Sergeant J. Allen ran a test on it. The sample tested out within 40%. For the drug market, it's considered good quality. At 9.20 that night, I left the hotel and walked five blocks north to the Hill Street entrance of the subway terminal building. Wallace was there waiting for me. He said we were to meet Red at a hotel on West 54th Street. 9.47 p.m. We got to the hotel, went to a room on the second floor. This one here. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, who's this? It's Jack. Morning. Red, this is my friend I was telling you about. Yeah? Paul Lindsay. Paul, this is Red. Hi. Yeah, I hear you got some H to unload, huh? Hmm? What are you talking about? What is this, Jack? You give me a bum steer here? Relax, huh? It's all right. He's solid, Red. You can talk. No, he talks too fast and too much. I'm here to do business. If you're ready, I am. If you're not, say so. I haven't got the time to play cozy with you. Well, now, take it easy with you. Get along a lot better. Well, what do you want? Jack vouched for me. Isn't that enough for you? The guy who vouched for Jack's in the county jail. We haven't been able to talk to him. Where have you done business before? Well, I could ask you the same thing. Now, look, mister, we got one thing in common here. You got something to sell. Maybe I want to buy it. If we can't get together, let's forget the whole thing right now. You're not the only pusher in town. This chair over there, why don't you sit down? I'll fix a couple of drinks. Jack can fix them. Let's find out if you and I can get together. All right. Same, Paul, bourbon and water? Yeah. Well, how about it? How much you got to sell? Take it easy, huh? There's no rush. We could talk better over a couple of drinks. Well, maybe you got the time, mister. I haven't. How much can you furnish me with? More than you can buy from the looks of you. Hey, Red, you got any lemons? Uh, no. No lemon twist in it, Paul. That all right? Yeah, that's all right. Make it light, will you? Now, this junk you got, what's it test? It's the best this town's seen in a long time. It's 50% or better. Well, who are you trying to con? My tester used your sample this afternoon. He says it won't go 40%. Okay. In a way you can get better? Paul, here you are. Red. Thank Thanks. you. How about it, Lindsay? Do we do business? Maybe. Oh, who's playing cozy now? 
Well, if I do go, it won't be for standard price. Your junk isn't worth it. It's 40%. I don't care what your tester says. An ounce will cost you 400 No, not to me it won't. I'm not paying out good money for milk sugar. I want a big buy and I want quality, but not at 400 an ounce. Yeah, maybe we can work something out. Why get excited? Because I don't like chicken operators. I don't like stalling around. Now, if you've got an offer, let's make it. Price is going to depend on a lot of things. How much merchandise you're going to want? 20 ounces. i got customers up north. have to have it for them the 15th of the month. Up north where? San Francisco, Sacramento. That's funny. We checked on that. Yeah? Yeah, the hotel you're at. You're registered from San Diego. Yeah, good address. I've never been there. I heard some talk about you. You ever worked Fresno? Maybe. I take customers where I find them. 20 ounces, huh, at the minimum? For your stuff, yeah. Now, what's the price? I think we might get together. It's a pretty good buy. Might work out a discount on it. How much? Uh, three and a quarter an ounce. I figure that's reasonable. Maybe you do. I don't. Two seventy-five. I can't go better. If I didn't need this stuff right now, I wouldn't offer that. Well, split the difference. 20 ounces, 300 an ounce. You can't do better than you know it. No? How about it? 300 an ounce? I'm not lining up for a soft touch. I want another sample when I move on. You'll get it. Now, what do you say? All right, you got a deal. 20 ounces. When do I get this stuff? We'll get in touch with you tomorrow. Through Jack here. 6,000. You sure you got the money? I got it. Now, what's the setup? Tomorrow, you'll get the wood. All right. If I don't hear by 4 p.m., I'll know you're gone hinky. I'll look up somebody else. You'll hear. How about it, Jack? You ready to go? Yeah, okay. See you later, Red. Jack? Yeah? You got a wife and a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. That's right. How are they, Jack? Okay, fine. Why? Nothing. I'll talk to you later, Jack. 10.40 p.m. The informant, Jack Wallace, and I took a cab back downtown and I dropped him off. I got to a pay telephone, called Captain Kearney and my partner, Ed Jacobs, and we set up a meeting. 11.20 p.m. The three of us met on a side street out in the North Wilshire District and I briefed them on what had happened. In order to prevent any possible harm to either Wallace or his family, the captain told me he'd have them placed under 24-hour surveillance. His children would be kept under observation going and coming from school. The next morning, I stayed close to my hotel room waiting for a contact from either Red or another member of the gang. 1.05 p.m. Hello. Lindsay, this is Red. Yeah. That talk we had last night, you still interested? Well, yeah, aren't you? Be out on Mission Road, 11.30 tonight, west end of the park out there. You'll get your sample. Mission Road. All right. You gonna be there? No. Well, how I know your man, he might make a mistake. He won't make a mistake. He knows you. I hung up the phone and checked with Ed Jacobs next door to see if he'd picked up the conversation on his receiver. He told me he'd notify Captain Kearney of the plan for that night and that the captain would be in the office if I wanted to contact him on the inside line. As soon as I picked up the sample of heroin... I was to return to my hotel room, and Ed would immediately take it back to the crime lab for analysis. 1.30 p.m. I left the hotel, went downtown to a pay phone, called home, and talked to my mother. She said there hadn't been any phone calls. I walked around for a couple of hours, went to a late afternoon show, and then I went over to Frank Tang's place for dinner. 11.15 p.m. I caught a yellow streetcar going north on Main Street and rode to the end of the line on Mission Road was about 300 yards from there to the designated meeting place, the west end of the park. The place was dark, completely deserted. 11.25 p.m., 11.30. Lindsay? Yeah. Package you want? Eucalyptus tree back there in the middle of the park. Where? Straight back there. You can't miss it. You'll find the package under a rock at the bottom of the tree. See you later. I started to cross the park. The eucalyptus tree he'd pointed out was about 200 feet from the edge of the road. There was a narrow path hemmed with shrubbery leading up to the base of the tree. There was a large rock beside it. I bent down and looked under the rock. There was nothing there. I started to turn, but it was too late. All right, wise guy. Give him the boot, Stan. Give it to him. Shake his pocket, Stan. No identification on him. He's clean. Let's go. He's got his sample.
came to, it was a few minutes past midnight. The bruises on my face and head were beginning to swell. I felt dazed, sick to my stomach. I made my way out of the park and down the road to a public phone booth where I called my partner, Ed Jacobs. He came out right away and drove me back to the hotel. Ed put in a call to Captain Kearney, and he made arrangements to have a doctor sent over to examine me. He treated me for numerous cuts and bruises about the face and head and the upper part of the body. There were no serious injuries. At ten minutes past one, Captain Kearney called back and wanted to know if Ed and I could meet him at his home. He didn't want to take the chance of being seen around our hotel. Ed and I drove out to his house in the Silver Lake District. Come on in. Sit down. Yeah, thanks, Skipper. How do you feel, Joe? My side hurts a little. Fair, I guess. Yeah, they really gave you a working over. Do you recognize any of them? Yeah, one guy. I don't know his name, though. What do you think, Skipper? Round up the whole bunch of them? No, that's not going to help any. Suppose we pick them up now. What do we got on them? A misdemeanor, battery, 30 days in jail, and they're out again. We're right back where we started. What do you figure's wrong, Joe? Think they got hinky? I don't know. I can't figure. I think you better take a couple of days off, go home and rest up, let some of those bruises heal. The whole thing could be blown by that time. The deal will be cold. If we're going to make it pay, i got to stay on it. How do you know they haven't made you for a cop? The deal might be cold right now. Yeah, that's possible. What other reason would they have for tamping you? How about your friend Jack Wallace? He might have a straight story. Ask him about it. No, I'll do better. I'll ask Red. Captain Kearney finally agreed to go on with the plan with the understanding that Ed Jacobs and another man from our office would have me under surveillance at all times. It was understood that I'd go back to Red's hotel room to see if I could pick up the loose ends. Jacobs and another officer would follow me to the hotel and remain within calling distance. 2.10 a.m. I got to the hotel on West 5th Street and went up to the second floor to Red's room. Yeah, who's there? Lindsay. How you doing, Lindsay? Lousy pink. Wait a minute, Lindsay. Wait a minute. What's this all about? You want to know? You set your hoods on me. Look at my face. I don't know what you're talking about. I went back to pick up the sample. This is what happens. How big do you punks think you are? All right, Stan, what happened out there? Not much. You said he was acting smart. We thought he'd cool him off a little. I told you to keep an eye on him, that's all, not to rough him up. No, he's a crybaby. We hardly touched him. Oh, shut up. Every time you get on that H, you get muscle happy. I've warned you before, Stan. Now, this is the last time. You better quit chipping with that junk. You cause any more trouble like this and you're out, understand? He's a crybaby, Red. We didn't hurt I him. I heard enough from you. Now go on, take a walk. Okay. You see, Max, tell him I want him. Yeah, all right. Sorry, Lindsay, these things happen sometimes. Can't be helped. Well, why do you keep punks like that around? I thought you were too smart to connect with users. They could get both of us in trouble. Oh, they'll be all right. Relax. Every once in a while, I get geed up and I have to straighten them out. I wouldn't trust them with my laundry. They're all right for what I use them for. They're good errand boys. Can I get you a drink? No. All right, what about the stuff? You ready to move on the deal? I've been ready. I told you I needed the stuff for the 15th. How about tomorrow night? What's the matter with right now? Oh, no, you know better than that. I don't keep the plan around here. I'll call you at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I still haven't got the sample. You don't need one. It's as good as the first one you got. Come on, what are you stalling for? I'm getting tired of this sample yak. If you don't want to buy, say so. You'll bring it to my hotel tomorrow night? No, I'll call you. I'll tell you where you can pick it up. 20 ounces, 300 an ounce, right? Yeah, no phony stuff. You keep your hands on the table, so will I. You deliver the merchandise, I'll pay the money. What are you worrying about? I trust you. Why can't you trust me? Yeah, sure, I did. Look at my face. 3.05 a.m. I left Red and went back downtown to my hotel room. A few minutes after I got in, I heard Ed Jacobs and Lieutenant Lou Walters enter the adjoining room. I checked the hallway first, and then I went next door and briefed him on what had happened with Red. I told him I'd let Ed know about the time and the place of the meet as soon as I heard. Waller said he'd keep enough men ready at the office to cover the area on short notice. I went back to my room, took a shower, and got some sleep. At 8 o'clock that night, I was in my room standing by the phone. I waited. No call. 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.15, still no word. 9.25 p.m. Hello. Lindsay, this is Red. Sorry, I'm late. I couldn't get to the plant. Well, what's the pitch? It's all set. Norwich Grill, West 7th Street. When? 10.30, shot. Before he hung up, Red told me to meet one of his pushers in the last booth at the back end of the grill. He said I'd recognize him. The man would have the package of heroin wrapped in newspapers. I was to hand him $6,000 and he would give me the package. I immediately contacted Ed in the room next door and he notified the office. 
At 10.15 p.m., I left the hotel with a dummy package of money containing six marked bills. 10.28 p.m., I got to the Norwich Grill on West 7th Street. It was almost empty. I went to the rear booth where I found one of Red's pushers, Stan, drinking coffee. Right on the dot. Sit down, Lindsay. Yeah. Well, let's not camp on this thing. You got the money? I done business with you before. Where's the stuff? Didn't Red tell you where to be? Yeah, wrapped up in that newspaper. He told me there'd be some stuff under a rock one time. It wasn't there. I want to look. What's the matter? Don't you trust me? You think I got a reason to? All right. Have a look. Yeah, are you satisfied? No. Open it. All right. It's all there. I saw it made up. Enough for you? Yeah. Okay. You just made a deal. Yeah, what do you have? Coffee, black, piece of apple pie. All right. You? Coffee. All right. Okay, the stuff's there. Now, how about the loot? I got it. Let's have it. Six G's. Red wants me back in a hurry. Well, relax. We'll have some coffee. This is a big deal. Money. Now, how about it? All right. There you go. What's the matter with you? What are you shaking about? Nothing. I'm a little nervous. Red wouldn't let me have a fix before I left. I'm getting a little sick. I'm gonna have a look here. What are you doing? Red told me to tell you not to open it till you got it back to him. Who are you kidding, mister? All right, you go ahead and open it up. You'll have to answer for it, not me. Sure. Hey, what's the deal? Only a few bills in here. The rest of it's paper. Are you trying to beat us? It's already done. Well, you won't get away with this. We'll fix you up. Max is outside. Friday, we saw him take the envelope. You get the stuff? Yeah, right here. Guy waiting outside, Joe. We got him. They're taking him in now. Cops, lousy cops. Wait Red hears about this. He will. Head? Yeah, I'll get him. Okay, let's go. Come on, fella, move. Well, what are you grabbing me for? I deliver the stuff, that's all. These big deals aren't mine. I'm small time. Fix once in a while, that's all I want. Just a little fix. This is the biggest deal I ever made. Yeah, sure. It's the truth. Now, what about Red? He's got a lot of this stuff left. This guy's above him. Big dealers. Why don't you get them? We'll get them. You'll never guess who the other two are. They're real high powers. Big deals. Nothing but big deals. You won't bust them a hundred years. Yeah, let's go. Get my coat, will you, Ed, please? Yeah, okay. Hey, you forgot your check. Who's going to pay for the coffee? He will. Who? This one. Me? Yeah. You just made a big deal. The story you have just heard was true. The names were changed to protect the innocent. On August 13th, the booking was made at the Los Angeles Police Department, Watts Substation, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. The two suspects, Stanley Parrish and Max Higby, were booked at the Watts Substation on suspicion, the Narcotic Act, felony. After a meeting in the district attorney's office, they expressed their desire to assist the police in the apprehension of the outstanding members of the gang. They were filed on, and before a magistrate in municipal court, they waived their right to a preliminary hearing to conceal the fact of their arrest. Next week, The Big Red, Part 2. just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Heard tonight were Barney Phillips and Stacey Harris, script by Jim Moser, music by Walter Schumann, Hal Gibney speaking. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all king-size cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet, transcribed from Los Angeles. sergeant. You're assigned to narcotics detail. You're in the middle of a drive to break up a $100,000 narcotics ring. You apprehend two of the lesser gang members. You still haven't reached the big operation. 
you still haven't found their store of heroin. Your job? Get them. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Sunday, August 14th. It was cool in Los Angeles. We were working a special detail out of narcotics division. My partner's Ed Jacobs. The boss is Captain Kearney. My name's Friday. It was 1.23 a.m. when I got to 5th and Series, southwest corner. Hi, Joe. Ed, Captain, you been waiting long? Just got here. All right, Jacobs. Okay. Where'd you finally book in the two of them? 77th Division, substation Watts. Harris here is willing to cooperate, told us everything he knows about the gang. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, Stan. You won't regret it. Yeah. What's the matter? Hope it helps. Red and the other guys find out about it, it's going to be rough. They're not going to find out from us. We're heading out for East Hollywood, Joe, apartment house out there. Perry says that's where Red makes his pickups. Whereabouts is that, Stan? I don't know the address. I know the neighborhood, though. I'll recognize the place when I see it. How you feel now, Stan? Any better? No, lousy. Sure could use a fix about now. Sorry, Parrish. Can't help you there. How are you going to handle this thing, Captain? I mean, picking up Stan and Max Higby. You figure we can keep it quiet? Newspapers are going to cooperate. They're not going to print a word about it. I'm going to handle the court work. Stan and Max are going to waive their preliminary. Ought to give us five to six weeks of quiet if we need it. If we can't reach the rest of the gang by then, we'll never reach them. Sure feel lousy. Sick. Never tried to kick the habit before. How long does it take? Well, it all depends. How bad are you hooked? Oh, not bad. I'm just chippy with it. Not more than a cap a day. Where do we go now, Stan? Keep going straight? Yeah, straight ahead. Turnoff's not for a while yet. Well, how do you figure it from here on in, Captain? What do I do about Red? Well, you're going to have to con your way through. I had the crime lab fix up a dummy package for you on the seat there. Uh -huh. Has the same wrappings as the one the real stuff came in. The package Stan gave you in the restaurant. You take it back to Red and scream your head off. Yeah. You tell him you got the package from Stan and Max and you paid him the six G's for it. You opened it up and found it full of powdered sugar. Read them off. Put it on big. You got a gun? No, I haven't. I checked it in my locker when I started on this thing. All right, take mine. Okay. Make it heavy. Pretend you're going to gun them. What if it doesn't work, Skipper? That's taken care of, too. There'll be a couple of men down in the street, Joe. If you get your back to a wall, break the window. They'll come running. Okay, I'll give it a try. You think Red's still at his hotel, Stan? Sure. He's probably waiting for me and Max. Anybody with him, you think? No, I don't think so. All right. Ed, I wonder if you'd call my mother the first chance you get. She might be a little worried. Don't have to. She called the office before we left. Oh. I think I convinced her everything was all right. Oh, thanks a lot. Captain? That's it. We'll let you out at the next corner. Head back for the hotel. Right. Good luck, Joe. Right, Ed. Thanks. How about it, Parrish? Anything else you can give us that might help him? I don't know. It's going to take a lot of front. Only one way you can get that. Yeah. You better get yourself a good fix. I left Captain Kearney, Ed Jacobs, and the narcotics suspect, Stan Parrish, on the corner of Western and Wilshire and made my way to Red's Hotel on West 54th Street. I went up to the second floor and found his door open. I walked in. Red was sitting in an overstuffed chair next to the radio listening to the police calls coming in. What's the matter now, Lindsay? Why the gun? Don't try any of your conning this time, you two-bit What's thief. the matter with you? Put the gun down. No, not before I get what's coming to me, you and your lousy punks. What are you talking about? Where's Stan and Max? Dead, I hope. And that leaves only you to deal with. I should have known better the first time when you had me tamped. I should have gotten out right then. What's in your craw, guy? Come on, let's settle. You know what? Now look for yourself. Six G's worth powdered sugar. You didn't think you could beat me for this, did you? I don't know what you're talking about. There's more in this than me. If you don't square up this thing with us, there's ways of taking care of you. I'm on the lamb anyway. Now, one more beef isn't going to make that Put much that difference. Put that gun down, will you? Now, let's talk it out. It doesn't make sense. If you've been beat, then so have I. Don't try to sell me that line. Get both of them out. I know they're here. Now, come on. Get them out here. Will you watch that gun, will you? I don't know what you're getting at, Lindsay. They're not here. Didn't you see them, Max and Stan? Sure, I saw them. That's why I'm here. I gave them the money, six yards of it, and that's what I got, powdered sugar. Now, you start explaining, smart guy. It's the truth. I don't know where they are. I gave Stan and Max 20 ounces to take to you. 
I told Stan to make the meet with you inside the restaurant. Max is supposed to be the lookout. Oh, yeah, sure. So help me. I, I don't get it. Two of them never tried anything like this before. Weren't you tipped off at all? Maybe the way they acted. Something they said. No, nothing. That moot Stan was a little unhappy. He said he wanted a fix and you wouldn't give it to him. That's right, I wouldn't. Well, then you should have known better. It's no time to get stingy with him when he's going to make a deal for you. You know what happened the last time he took a fix before a job. I sent him out to that park to watch you. He ends up by tamping you. I'm leveling with you, Lindsay. I think we've both been taken. I still don't get it, though. I can't understand why they'd run out on me. Now, look, I haven't got the time to draw you pictures, mister. All I know is my dough's gone and you haven't delivered the stuff. Now, you get with it. Now, wait a minute. How do I know for sure? What? How do I know you didn't get the real merchandise? Then you took care of Max and Stan. How do I know you didn't build a frame? Oh, sure. That's why I'm back here. I got 20 ounces free and I want another 20. I met those mooches of yours and took care of them all by myself. Now, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, get off it, Red. You're not going to poor mouth me out of this. I paid my six G's and I want the merchandise. Full 20 ounces and I want it right now. You're crazy. I can't do that. You have to give me time. We don't keep this stuff here. It isn't mine in the first place. What are you handing me? It isn't. I'm just a middleman, that's all. You'll have to give me time. Maybe we can work out something for you. You bet you're going to work out something for me. You got my six G's. Why'd you try and big shot me in the first place? Oh, calm down, Mark. Trying to make me believe you were the big man. You ought to get wise to yourself, Red. Why should I deal with a middleman? I can probably buy the junk cheaper from your boss. Now, where's he? You couldn't buy it at two G's an ounce. He wouldn't sell it to you. I handle all his stuff. I'm the only one he works through. What makes you so special? You can't even handle a 20-ounce deal and keep it straight. Now stay cool, will you? Give me 24 hours. What am I supposed to be doing in the meantime? Same thing I'll be doing, worrying about getting that stuff back. Why try and cover up? Your mooches ran out on you. Maybe. I want to make sure I'll get the word out. Yeah? I'll find out what happened. Before I left Red, we set up a meet for the following night in his hotel room at 7 p.m., then I left, went downtown to an all-night drugstore and put in calls to Captain Kearney and my partner, Ed Jacobs. I briefed him on what had happened with Red, and the captain set it up for the three of us to meet early that morning and plan the next move. The meeting point was down off Gallardo Street, alongside the Santa Fe train yards. Joe, over here. Hi, Ed. Captain? Hi. A little late. Anything happen? Well, I did some doubling back. Wanted to make sure I wasn't followed. Things worked out with Red, huh? No trouble? Well, not so far, no. I think he went for my story. He said he's going to do some checking around, though. Try to find out what happened to Stan and Max. Yeah, I halfway figured that. That story you told him, I thought if Red bought that, you'd be in. Well, he didn't buy it that far. I guess it made an impression waving a gun at him, but he still has some doubts. What else can you do to get yourself in solid? You tried about it, everything, Joe. I've been kicking around an idea. It might work for you. I don't know. Yeah? Put on a phony shakedown for him. Might give you a chance to show him how tough you're supposed to be. What do you think? Well, maybe. Ought to help out if we stage it, right? When's your next meet with Red? Seven o'clock tonight, his hotel. Room 231, that it? Yeah, that's right. How do you want to work it? Oh, I'll get a couple of men from Metro Division, have them in uniform. We better have them work in a radio car. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to have a good reason for him breaking in on you. How about a 415, Skipper? Joe could go up to the room, pick an argument with Red, and make noise, a lot of loud talking. Yeah, that sounds okay. All right. Both of the men in the radio car will be thoroughly briefed. You'll know what to do Friday. You're out to sell yourself. Act as tough as you think you have to. All right, I'll give it a try. Play it up to the hilt. You give Red the least idea the shakedown's a phony and we're washed up. Yeah. Phone me at the office as soon as you can, the inside line. We'll be waiting for the call. Right. There's just one more thing. Yeah? How about that apartment house Stan was going to show you last night? The place where Red's supposed to pick up the junk? He pointed the place out all right. It's going to take some checking. What do you mean? Stan said he drove Red to this apartment house about a dozen times. Always had to stay in the car, though. Red went in alone. Didn't know which apartment Red went to. Well, can't we check him out, Captain? Got some men on it now. Going to take a little time. Big layout. All right. 47 apartments. I left Ed and Captain Kearney and caught a streetcar back to my hotel. I had some scrambled eggs, toast, and coffee in the grill next door, and then I went up to my room and got a couple hours sleep. Late that afternoon, I took in the show at a newsreel theater, had a bite to eat, and then headed out for Red's Hotel on West 54th Street. I got there a few minutes before 7. Red was waiting. Apparently, he'd failed to dig up any information on what had happened to his two operators, Stan and Max. I accused him again of trying to swindle me out of $6,000. I demanded the 20 ounces of heroin. Red had nothing to offer but apologies. All right, all right. Relax, will you? Take it easy. I'll work out something. Take it easy, nothing. You do enough of that for the both of us. You sit there and listen to that radio. Why don't you get out and hustle up those two mooches of yours and get my dough back? All right, all right. You don't have to scream. I said I'd work something out. All right, then start working. Get it. The dough or the white stuff. I gotta have it by the end of the week. What do you want to do? Have it all over the hotel? Keep it down, will you? Why? 
You take me for six G's and I'm supposed to play it nice? Now come off it, mister. I didn't take you for six G's. Those two mules did and you own them. Either you square this up or everybody in the business is going to know about this. It's got into you anyway. You've been boozing it up today. Don't you worry about me. I'll take care of my end. Real big operator, huh, Red? You had all the H. You handled everything. A real big shot, aren't you? All right, forget it. Red, the big wheel. He handles all kinds of deals. Fifty cents to five dollars. After that, they get too big for him. I said forget it, Lindsay. When this one gets around, they're going to laugh you right out of the business. You can go back to selling razor blades. And knock that radio off. I'm sick of hearing that. You got to quiet down. You think you're ready to handle it, do you? I told you I'd try and work out something for you. Now, playing tough's going to get you nothing. You ought to know that. What's that? What's it sound like? Yeah, who is it? Police officers, open up. What is this? What do you got me Shut up, will you? Take it easy. Can't tag us for anything. All right, open up. Well, I'm getting out of here. I'm not going through any shakedown. Get out of your mind. Hold it. I didn't mean to keep you waiting. Come on in, officers. What's all the noise about up here? Nothing. We're just having a friendly argument, that's all. Can I see your identification? Sure. You, stay put. Yeah. Harry, better shake him down. Yeah, right. All right, back against the wall. Okay. Come on, hands behind your head. Keep them there. Lousy fuzz. Come on, grab the other one. All right, good. Both of them. You crazy fool. Now what do we do? We don't have to worry about the other one. He's out cold. Take the gun off this one here. I'll get his handcuffs. Why'd you have to do it? Why'd you have to start something? I told you I can't afford a shakedown. You ought to know that. Better give it up, both of you. You're not going to get away with it. Shut up, will you? You won't go far. Come on, Red. Help me drag him over here. What are you going to do? A bed post here. All right, get his wrists around here. That's it. I ought to hold him. Lindsay, you're out of your mind. What do we do with him now? I'll worry about that. How's his partner? Oh, nothing doing. He's still out. All right, now, cop, let's have it. What's the idea of the shakedown? Well, we pick you up again, you'll get the idea. <laughs> now, come on, let's have it. Why don't you lay off? That's not going to get us out of this. For a big dealer, you got a lot of chicken in you. Now, look, cop, give. Why the shakedown? You're wasting your time. Maybe I can change your mind. Lindsay, you're crazy. Put that gun away. Now, come on, cop. Talk. Who gave you the tip-off? Put off? that gun away, will you? It's only going to get us in deeper. I want some answers. These fuzz didn't come along by accident. There had to be a tip-off. How do you know? You were talking up a storm in here, making a lot of noise. Somebody in the hotel could have complained. Come on, come on. Get out of here. And leave the two of them behind to identify us? That ain't going to work. It's got to. What else can we do? We can kill them. You're out of your mind. I can kill them right now. They probably wouldn't find him till morning. Well, you'll do it alone, Lindsay. I'm getting out. We still got business to do. I'm not looking for a murder, Rab. Now, come on, give it up. Let's get out of here. As soon as we leave, we're going to have to start running. I won't be good for more than a day in this town. What do I do about my deal? Come on, we can talk about it later. Come on, We can come talk on. right now. You handed me the stall long enough. I got 24 hours left. I want it settled. Okay. Okay, I'll talk to the big man. I promise you. I want to have a meet with him. I don't know. Now, you listen. That six grand buy was a drop in the bucket. I want to buy more. If the big guy's ready, so am I. You got the money? I got it. Cash. Now, how about the meat? How about it, Red? Okay, okay. Okay, I'll set it up. Red got his things together, and we took the rear fire escape that led down to a service alley behind the hotel. Before the two of us separated, we agreed that Red would call me at my hotel at 10 o'clock the following morning. I wasn't altogether sure, but it seemed as though the act I'd put on at the phony shakedown had impressed Red quite a bit. Before I went back to my hotel, I called Ed Jacobs and Captain Kearney and briefed them on the developments. At 10 o'clock the next morning, I was waiting by the phone in my hotel room. At 10.15, Red called. I talked to the big man this morning. I told him what you wanted. Yeah? What's the answer? It's going to be a fast deal, cash and carry. Well, I'm ready. Is he? I think so. Took a lot of talking. All right. What about the meat? I'll pick you up at your hotel. I'll take you to it. When? Tuesday, August 16th, 10.33 a.m. As soon as I got word from Red about the meet he'd set up for me with the big man, I called Captain Kearney on the inside line and briefed him on the way things stood. He said he'd have three teams of men ready to tail me and cover the meet. They'd work alternately in three-way radio cars in order to reduce the risk of discovery to the minimum. He also told me the check of tenants was continuing at the East Hollywood apartment house where Red apparently was picking up his supply of heroin for distribution. So far, the detail of men assigned to the job had failed to uncover any definite leads. At eight minutes past eight o'clock that night, Red picked me up at my hotel, and together we drove out along Alhambra Avenue. 
We parked alongside the edge of a private golf course just north of the Ocean Highway. Smoke. Okay, thanks. Got a match? Yeah. Well, what about it? We've been here 15 minutes already. A lot of time. Deals like this, the boss doesn't like to hurry things. Yeah, well, maybe he ought to get away with it. Relax, will you? So we waited. 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11. Still no sign of the big man. 11.30, 11.45, no sign. What time you got, Lindsay? Uh, ten minutes to midnight. Have you got any ideas? Yeah, I guess I can tell you now. Well, you make this one real good, will you? It's been a long wait. Well, boss wants to make sure about you, that's all. He's checking his contacts where you said you operate up around Fresno, isn't that right? All right, so he's checking on me. What's he want, a blood sample? He's careful. He wants to make sure. If it didn't show, this is what he told me to tell you. Yeah? If you're cleared all around with his contacts, a meet's set for tomorrow afternoon. Where? I'll get to it. The deal's this. You said you wanted a big buy. The boss has got it. How much? Two kilos. Same good stuff you sampled. High-grade Mexican. You can get it at ten grand a kilo. Well, that's not bad if it's good quality. What's the breakdown? It's 40% good. You're getting a fat discount. You know that. Well, that depends. Two kilos, ten G's apiece, 20,000 bucks. You got it. Cash and carry. That's a lot of scratch to get together in a hurry. You got a whole day. No dough, no junk. All right, I'll get it. Where's the meat? Out by South Pasadena. They're holding a big flower show in the neighborhood. You'll meet him there. Contact me for the time. Yeah. When'll it be? When do I meet him? When you got to 20,000. 11.15 p.m. Red drove me back downtown and dropped me off at 4th and Main. Before we separated, he told me he'd call me early the following afternoon regarding the time of the meet with the big man, providing I had the $20,000 for the narcotics buy. 1 a.m., after stopping off at a cafeteria and then a coffee counter to make sure I wasn't being tailed, I got to a public telephone, put in a call to Captain Kearney. South Pasadena, flower show sometime tomorrow afternoon, that right? Yeah, that's it, Captain. All right, we'll cover it all the way. Well, how about the money? What do you think? you got a little with you, haven't you? A little, yeah. Okay, fake it the best way you know how. We'll be around. As soon as you make sure the guy has the junk with him, pass the signal, we'll move in. Right. Something else. You get any lead at all on the big man tonight? No, nothing. How about you? Piece of luck. I think we got him spotted. Before he hung up, Captain Kearney told me that the careful screening of tenants in the East Hollywood apartment house pointed out to them by Stan had netted a couple of prime suspects. They were an elderly couple, a Mr. and Mrs. Thomas Leslie. Besides the fact that he had a narcotics record in the East, Mr. Leslie operated a secondhand bookstore on Beverly Boulevard, which apparently was being visited often by known narcotics peddlers. Early the following afternoon, Red called me at my hotel room and I told him I had the $20,000 for the buy. He picked me up at 1.45 p.m. I flashed a stack of money containing mostly $1 bills and he seemed satisfied. He drove me out to the site of the flower show in South Pasadena, a large glass-domed conservatory just off the Arroyo Seco Freeway. Let's head back this way, huh? Yeah. Sure nice flowers, huh? It's beautiful. How many times are we going to have to cover this route? I've seen everything twice already. Won't be long. A couple of minutes. Over this way. Come on. And they sure pretty. Look, I don't get any of this. If we got business, why can't it be in private? This your big man's idea of a joke? It's protection, Lindsay. He's got to be careful. I guess he figures this is the last place they'd look for. We'll make another round of this place. We'll stand out like a sore thumb. Oh, relax. You'll make the buy. Coming up right now. What? Come on, follow me. Tom, what do you say? Oh, oh, you're in. What do you think of my gladiola entries? Those up there. When you say the beauties? Yeah. Great time. Took me three and a half years to get blooms like that. South African species, you know, the Chelsea type. Raised them right in a little greenhouse back of our place. Yeah. 
You see? The scarlets and the whites. Those are mine. Yeah. Oh, Tom, I'd like to have you meet that friend of mine. Lindsay? This is Tom. Hi. How do you do? What do you think of my entries? Raised every one of them from seeds, Lindsay. They take a lot of care. Yeah, they're all right. Plenty of care. Especially those, the South African type. They take a good, stiff, sandy loam, quality fertilizer, just the right kind of heat and water. Takes a lot of work. Proud of them. Yeah. Look, I haven't got too much time to spend. Maybe we better talk outside, huh? Yes, it takes quite a lot of work. Beautiful blooms. You have all the money with you? All of it. You got two kilos? That's correct. You can go out the sideway. Hey, Red, hmm? you follow behind. Keep an eye open. Right, sir. This way. Sorry for the delay. It's necessary sometimes. Yeah. You came out with Red. You double-checked. You weren't followed. I double-checked. I've been doing business longer than Red. Hmm. Maybe we can make it a permanent tie. Out here. My car's this way. You always make deals in the open, public places? Not always. It has its advantages. You sure this is the H.I. sample? No, I don't want another phony buy. It's no phony. You can be sure of that. Here's a car. Well, the money. Well, you show me the stuff. Red knows I got the money. Red. Yeah, Tom. The money. You saw it before you brought him here? Yeah, he showed it to me. Right here in my pocket. Have a look if you want. Now, come on. I can't afford to camp on this thing. All right. Keep a lookout, Red. All right, sir. In the car, Lindsay. Yeah. There. Under the dashboard here. I always find that's the best place. You have a car, of course. I'll go back with Red. All right. There you are. Two kilos. Now the money. What about breaking the package? How do I know it's not more powdered sugar? Of course it's not. Wait a minute. What is this? Those men coming up to the car. Right, take it easy, mister. Well, I'm getting out of here. Hey, let go Come of here. here. Let go. No. All right, Joe. I got him. Hold him, Ed. I'll shake him down. We got the other one. Red. No trouble. Good. Okay, he's clean. Red. That's stupid, Red. I should have known. I should have known. Joe, good work. Stuff all there? Yeah, two kilos. Want us to take him back in our car, Skipper? All right. We'll take in the other one. Meet you at the parking lot gate. We'll follow you in. Right. All right, mister. This way. Look, let me ask you a favor. Won't take a minute. Yeah? Let me call my wife. I want to let her know what's happened. I want her to come out here and get my flowers. I got some valuable plants in that show. I'll be taken care of. Your wife couldn't make it anyway. She was picked up an hour ago. No, couldn't be. What's going to happen? Every dollar I own, all my merchandise, two kilos, best quality, all of it. We'll take care of that. Come on, let's go. Well, I got those beautiful plants. You can do that much for me. Let me go back and get my flowers. They're prized gladiolas. It won't hurt anything, will it? Just let me take some with me. Just a few till I get back. Why bother? They won't last that long. you have just heard was true. The names were changed to protect the innocent. On December 4th, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 84, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. Thomas Leslie and William Red Forrester were filed on in the District Attorney's Office for violation of the State Health and Safety Code, Section 11,500. Both men were tried in Superior Court and found guilty of the charge. The violation carries a penalty of imprisonment in the state penitentiary for not less than five, nor more than ten years. Because of their cooperation in the investigation and apprehension of the narcotics gang ringleaders, Stan Parrish and Max Higby were given one-year sentences in the county jail with five years probation. just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. 
Heard tonight were Barney Phillips and Stacey Harris. Script by Jim Moser. Music by Walter Schumann. Hal Gibney speaking. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all king-size cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet, transcribed from Los Angeles. I know they didn't play this next part on radio, but it just wouldn't be Dragnet unless you heard this. From January the 3rd and January the 10th, that was Dragnet. The name of those two episodes were The Big Red, and they were originally broadcast on NBC. is going to do it for Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. And we hope you enjoyed our Dragnet show today. And uh, if you come back tomorrow, we're going to have a Western. So we look forward to having you back. And tomorrow will be Thursday, which, as you know, slides right into Friday. So we've just about got this week in the books. And tomorrow we start a whole new month of October. And I've always said that on October 1st, you just blink and it's December 31st. Am I right? The last three months go by faster than any other three months in the year. That's my opinion. Listen, uh, before we go out tonight, we had some bad news. I think it's bad news. Matt Davis stuff. And he wrote so many songs in the 70s. And I mean, Carol and I started dating in 1971. We got married at the end of 72. And a lot of his songs were popular, both when we were dating and when we first got married. And so, Mac, and, and plus, I loved the sound of, I, I loved the sound of his voice. I also loved uh, many of the songs that he wrote. So what we're going to do today and tomorrow at the end of our Western show, we're going to do a tribute to Mac Davis. And what I'm going to do now is play three songs that he did, and all three of these folks he wrote, all three of them, he wrote, and they were very popular. Mac Davis, really going to miss him. I was really, really sorry to uh, to read about that. All right, everybody, this is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You're getting that look in your eyes And it's starting to worry me I ain't ready for no family ties Nobody's gonna hurry me Just keep it friendly, girl, cause I don't want to leave Don't start clinging to me, girl, cause I can't breathe Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me Cause I'll just use you and I'll set you
I can tell by your trembling smile You're seeing way too much in me Girl, don't let your life get tangled up with mine Cause I'll just leave you, I can't take no I'll just use you, then I'll set you free Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me Cause I'll just use you, then I'll set you I was just 15 and out of control Lost to James Dean and rock and roll I knew down deep in my country soul That I had to get away Hollywood was a lady in red Who danced in my dreams as I tossed in bed I knew I'd wind up in jail or dead If I had to stay I thought happiness was love of Texas And my rearview mirror Mama kept calling me home, but I just did not want to hear And the vision was getting clearer in my dreams So I lit out one night in June, stoned on the glow of the Texas moon Humming an old buddy Harleton called Peggy Sue With my favorite jeans and a cheap guitar I ran off chasing a distant star If Buddy Holly could make it that far Then I figured I could too And I thought happiness was love of Texas In my rearview mirror My mama kept calling me home But I just did not want to hear her And the vision was getting clearer In my dreams but the Hollywood moon didn't smile The same old smile that I'd grown up with The lady in red just wanted my last dime And I cried myself to sleep at night Too dumb to run, too scared to fight And too proud to admit at the time So I got me some gigs on Saturday nights not much more than orchestrated fights I'd come home drunk and I'd try to write But the words came out wrong Hell-bent and bound for a wasted youth Too much gin and not enough vermouth And no one to teach me how to seek the truth Before I put it in a song I still thought happiness was love of Texas And my rearview mirror my mama kept calling me home, but I just could not, would not hear her. And the vision was getting clearer in my dreams. Well, I thank God each and every day for giving me the music and the words to say. I'd have never made it any other way. He was my only friend. Now I sleep a little better at night And when I look in the mirror in the morning light The man I see was both wrong and right He's going home again I guess happiness was love of Texas And my rearview mirror But now happiness is love of Texas Growing nearer and dearer And the vision is getting clearer my dreams And I think I finally know just what it means And when I die 
You can bury me in Lubbock, Texas, in my Sits with a pen and a yellow pad. He's a handsome lad. That's my boy. P R L F Q spells mom and dad. Well, that ain't too bad, 'cause that's my boy. Well, you can have your TV and your nightclubs. You can have your drive-in. I'll sit here and drink a beer and listen to the radio, biding my time and watching Scotty grow. Making castles out of building blocks and a cardboard box—that's my boy. Mickey Mouse says it's thirteen o'clock. That's quite a shock, but that's my boy. In four short years, I've grown from rags to riches. What I did before that, I don't know. But you can let it rain on my window pane. I got my own rainbow. Just sitting here shining, watching Scotty grow. Up on Daddy's shoulders and off to bed. Old sleepyhead, that's my boy. He's gotta have a drink of water and a story with an old teddy bear named Fred. That's my boy. Well, what's that you say, Mama? Come on, keep your feet warm. Well, just save me a place. I'll be there in a minute or so. I think I'll stay right here and say a little prayer before I go. 'Cause me and God are watching Scotty grow. Yeah, me and God are watching Scotty grow. 